Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It's high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That could only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, decade of NFL experience, good head of hair. Newly trimmed good head of hair as well. I mean, I do have hair for radio. (laughs) And Arthur Motes, we have a, a team that suddenly has some coaching vacancies to fill. You say we got a little movement today, We huh? got a little movement, too. Before we deep dive into that, though, you know the drill. Over the next uh, 120 minutes here on the program, if you want to chime in, you know where to find us. Questions, comments, concerns, reactions on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. You know, Arthur Motes, some days you got to work a little bit harder at this radio thing. Man, I, I think those days that you speaking of, or that you are speaking of, we endured. I think we would have been in the months of March, mm-hmm. April, May, mm-hmm. June, July, and pretty mm-hmm. much August. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I think I'm, familiar. I'm, I'm pretty familiar with what you're saying. Okay. You, you mean those, that time when we were doing a three-hour sports show every day without oh. any sports? Oh, you're talking about the, 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 the content goal rush? You're talking about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I too, survived the content goal rush. There are times yes, where you have to yes. survive the content gold rush. <laughs> Um, and then there are other times where it gets spoon-fed to you like oh, you're still no two question. years old sitting in a high chair. I thought I was a kid at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. And Arthur Motes today uh, was one of just those, one of those days. Those latter days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the days where the content uh, just kind of gets dropped right on your lap. And that happened just about an hour ago. Uh, the content gods have smiled upon us today. <laughs> that, that they have. That they have. Um, offensive coordinator Randy Feetner. O-line coach Son Surrett and uh, DB coach Tom Bradley will not have their contracts renewed. So quickly, Motes, because I have seen this a couple times on Twitter. Yes. People saying that they were fired. They were not fired. Nope. Difference. There's a difference. Big difference. There's a big difference. This is what happened to Joey Porter, yes, I believe, as correct. well, too. Correct. Exact same scenario. Uh, Steelers, in terms of firing coaches, if I'm correct, they haven't fired a coach since it would have been the 2010 season with a special teams coach. Outside of that, they haven't fired an assistant coach, from my understanding. They they won't re-sign contracts, which is their right. just roundabout. It's kind of like when the NFL says we never had to can- – we didn't cancel a game this season. Technically, you didn't cancel it, but you postponed numerous games. So, technically, you didn't fire Randy Fickner, Sean Surrett, or Tom Bradley, but you didn't renew their contracts Correct. going forward. And and the reason why it's, we always say it's worded like that is because when you still have – the 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 same head coach it's just assume that those coaches will remain under that regime going forward i mean whether it's one year deals or two year deals because that's typically the contract length 
on average for assistant coaches right. at the NFL level. Right. So that's why it, it comes off and you get that feeling of a firing because they didn't extend them. But technically they didn't fire them. Correct. Technically. Just, you know, for, for, for good journalistic credibility. Yes. <laughs> we just wanna we just want to make sure that we accurately depict the situation to each and every one of you all. Uh, I'm very interested to see I think that we're just kind of this is the first move in a a series of decisions to come down the line here this mm-hmm. offseason. I'll be interested to see how this all lines up, what this leads to, Arthur Well, I was going to ask, what's your initial reaction? Because I know for me initially, when we were talking about some of the moves that could potentially be made, obviously Randy Fickner was at the forefront of those conversations because of how the offense looked at times during the season. Right. And obviously that was going to be the big question, right? Was it on Randy Fickner? Was it on Ben? Mm-hmm. Is Randy and Ben attached in terms of we know how long they've been a part of the staff together in terms of Randy as the QB coach and then Randy as the offensive coordinator. But then from there it was, okay, is Ben going to be open to, to having to a new, new coordinator voices, new, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, at this stage in his career where he potentially might have one or two years left. But then at the same time, we wondered, okay, not only would he be open to that, would the team actually do it? Would they pull the trigger on that because of the relationship that Randy Feekner and Coach Tomlin have right. dating all the way back to Memphis when, when they were you know first getting their opportunities they have in been coaching? together for a long time. So it was a lot surrounding this. So even though I do think it was the correct move, I am very shocked to see Randy Feekner's name up there. Sean Surrett, I thought that that could potentially happen because obviously when you go from Mike Munchak to Sean Surrett, who didn't have a lot of um, being the position coach experience, he was an assistant before, but not the head of that group. It's a little bit different. And then obviously their play did decline these past two years, so I could definitely understand them wanting to go in a different direction there. And then with Tom Bradley, I think he was another one where it was kind of – you, you're not going to fire Keith Butler. I understand as the D.C. you might be, you know, looking at him and saying his job is more so title-based because we know Coach Tomlin does sure. a lot of the play calling. Sure. But to fire Keith Butler, what you're also doing is not just firing your defensive coordinator, you're firing your outside linebackers coach. And we've seen how both Bud Dupree mm. and T.J. White have developed under him. Mm. Now, Bud and T.J. both played well under Joey Porter, and you know Joey's my guy. But – we can all agree that since Keith Butler Next has level. taken over as the offense, uh, the outside linebackers coach, TJ has went into the Defensive Player of the Year category back-to-back years now. He should win it this year. So to think about that under his tutelage, and then you look at Bud Dupree back-to-back double-digit sack seasons, or uh, did he get? The, I, I want to say he was right at the cusp of double-digit. I think he was, close I think he was at this nine, year. eight, I think he or nine, nine, nine and a half, yeah. maybe this year. So, but you look at him being able to get that out of Bud Dupree in back-to-back yeah. years as well. That's a really good point. Along man. with Alex Highsmith, who came in and played well at times as a rookie as well. So when I factor in all of those things, you're not getting rid of Keith Butler. It's, it's Like I said, the D.C. job, you can make the case for if he deserves that or not, but to fire him there means you're firing him also as your outside linebackers coach. And with the productivity that those guys have done mm-hmm. or have had in that room, you're not touching them. And obviously the main guy who calls the plays is Mike Tomlin. You're definitely not firing him. So <laughs> I, I just looked at it as Tom Bradley. You were kind of the – not the scapegoat, but essentially you were the next the, man. The movable piece. Right, you were the movable piece, and they could say, well, hey, look, the secondary at times was susceptible to 
the big plays. They they did have communication issues on the back end. There were some things that we saw on tape from a physicality standpoint that we weren't too fond of when it came time to tackling and things like that. So yes, it makes sense that all right, if we gotta go, if we gotta make a move defensively, because you can't just, you know, fire two offensive guys, or excuse me, not you can't not re-sign two offensive right. guys and not touch anybody defensively right. when we both know that the defense had their part in this as well. So that's Absolutely. why, you know, you, you look at Tom Brad and you're like, you have to be the guy because you're not touching Jerry O, the inside linebackers, for everything that they had to endure, they still played well. I right. mean, you talk about Vince Williams and Devin Bush. Then Devin they Bush goes hurt. down, Robert Spillane comes in and plays well. Robert goes down, Avery Williamson comes in and plays well after being here for a couple of <laughs> weeks. Then Vince gets COVID. No, no, and but, <laughs> but then you throw in Marcus Allen, and he, he he gives you a little bit. Obviously, couldn't do the full gamut, but even he came in at times. So you think about that group, a and it's lot like of moving you parts. can't go there. Like yeah. they, They're not at fault here. So, yeah, without a doubt, man, it was just, yeah. Tom Bradley, you just happened to be that guy that, like you said, man, was the movable piece, man. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Eight sacks for Bud in 11 games this year, 11 and a half the year prior. Uh, the real kicker, though, Motsi, is that in 16 games last year, Bud Dupree had 11 and a half sacks. Uh-huh. 17 QB hits, though. That yep. number was a little low. Oh. This year, in just mm-hmm. 11 games, yep. he already had almost that then, same number. And then if you look at TJ Watts QB 15. hits, yes. And then QB, oh. uh, TJ Watts QB hits, I think, were 30. I, uh, wait, was it? Uh, oh, my goodness. Because I know he's had. I want to say he led the league in QB hits last year, and then this year he was still he had forty four. I was going to say yeah, I knew he was year. high thirties. Okay, so yep. forty one this year, twenty three tackles for loss yes. led the league, fifteen mm-hmm. sacks led the league, yep. forty one QB hits. You can't, top five. That's why you can't touch Keith Butler. <laughs> Arthur Motes, that is a great point. That is a great point, and I might even steal that as a point to make saying, on, yeah. on one of my solo shows. That, that, right that is why you can't because a lot of people have brought his name up. A lot of people have brought his name yeah. up. Man, it is Keith Butler. We, we all know Coach Tomlin is a defensive guy. That's where he, you know, got his start in this league, and that's ultimately what made him who he is in this league, his defensive calling. And that's why a lot of people were just saying, man, well, if Keith Butler isn't calling these calls, what is his purpose? Hmm. You want to know his purpose? That is his purpose. And, and I'll tell you firsthand. And that's a, no, that, see, that's why I love doing the show well, with you. And I was going to let people know, too. So for me, man, Throughout my nine-year career, I had multiple linebacker coaches, both inside and outside, and really good coaches as well, man. Guys like Dave Wanstad, obviously George Edwards, who's interviewing for a defensive coordinator spot. I've had multiple different inside linebacker coaches. Bob Sanders, who coached in Green Bay for, for a while, was the D.C. out there. None of them were to the level of Keith Butler when it comes to linebacker play. Inside and outside, you talk about a guy that knows that position, that understands how to coach it, that even though he didn't play outside edge rusher, he still understands how to coach it. He understands the techniques to it. And you look at the linebackers that he's had under his tutelage, Lamar Jack, I mean, uh, uh, Lamar Woodley, uh, James Harrison. Obviously, I was under there. You look at, um, man, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. Jason Rose, TJ, Jason TJ, Bud. I mean, all these guys that have had Lawrence Timmons back and forth between positions. So you think about all these outside guys, and then we're not even talking about the inside guys because that track record speaks for itself as well. Your Foots, your 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 uh, your Farriers, obviously your Shaziers, your Vince Williams, your Timmons. I mean, we could go down that list as well. Devin Bush, we think is is on that track. Phenomenal job when it comes to linebackers. That is what he specializes Mm -hmm. in. So even if he might not have the full grasp of being the D.C. from a coverage Mm -hmm. and D-line standpoint, 
his value from that linebacker area alone makes him worth that. I love it. I love it. I, I tell you what, Arthur Motes, you know, I, I think I've done all the research. I got the opinions on everything, but I had not thought about that angle. That is a fantastic point by you. That's why you know. That's why you're the football man, and I'm the setup that, that, man, baby. That, that, you that's know? why it's teamwork. <laughs> that, that's why it's, it's Eula and Moats. Teamwork, you know what I mean? Work. It's Eula and Moats. Well, tomorrow it'll be Moats and Euler. Hey now. Um, and up next, we'll be joined by our good friend of the show. It'll be Euler, Moats, and Backo. Hey now. Uh, Brian Backo will get his reaction to um, the coaching moves, coaching decisions that were made today. Uh, Backo on the Zoom call with Coach Tomlin yesterday, and I believe uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and some others today. So we'll get his thoughts on some of the things uh, that we've heard um, transpire since the end of the season from Coach Tomlin and from some of the players as well. We'll keep the conversation going with our buddy Brian Backo on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler, and this is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. I'll have no problem. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler to the phone lines we go. Second segment on a Thursday. That means some things here on the show. It's oh, time yeah. for our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo. Backo, uh, how are we doing? It is now the off season. We are on the other side. How are we feeling? Oh, just uh, happy to have another slow news day in the Steelers world. Kicking <laughs> so, back, relaxing, enjoying the off season. So let's uh, let's get right into that. Uh, the moves today, if anybody might have just been joining us, missed the first segment, somehow hasn't heard it yet. Uh, Randy Feetner and Sean Surratt on the offensive side of the football will not have their contracts renewed. Remember, not fired just will not have their contracts renewed. And then Tom Bradley, defensive backs coach, the same thing on defense. Uh, your initial reaction, Mr. Backo? Really not surprised. It's it's what I would have done if I were, were the Steelers' brain trust. I mean, at least with Surrett and Feetner. I, I don't know about Tom Bradley. I mean, he's pretty advanced in, in his career, and you know maybe they just thought it was time for a fresh start at that spot. You know, well, maybe well, I'm sure we'll find out the details of that eventually, but – as for the offense, I mean, hey, when the big boss comes out in the 2019 offseason and says the number one thing we need to do is run the ball better, and then you get even worse at running the ball, uh, someone's got to answer for that. So uh, it wasn't just one guy. It was it was two guys, and uh, I think they were the right moves for the Steelers. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see. Hopefully those two guys land on their feet, of course, but uh, big, big uh, undertaking ahead for the Steelers to find out who's the right man to, to call their plays on offense now. Yeah, and uh, speaking of that, um, who do you think should replace uh, Randy Feekner? you think they should go in-house with a guy like Matt Canada? Should they outsource to one of these other NFL-level guys or potentially one of these collegiate guys that are trying to move up? I don't hate the idea of going in-house and seeing what Canada can do most. I, I think it kind of splits the difference a little bit between – you know, getting a new guy from outside the organization who's going to have to learn Ben and vice versa, while also acknowledging that 
somehow, some way, you, you need to, to start fresh uh, with your offensive coordinator. And whatever Randy Feetner was trying to do simply wasn't working. I, I don't think they're going to turn it over to Canada. I mean, he's pretty inexperienced, at least at the NFL level. I mean, he's got one year now under his belt as the Steelers quarterback's coach. But uh, if, if they don't, you know, then, then I'll be very curious to see. I think there's two routes you can go. You, you can get one of these quote-unquote retread guys who have, you know, maybe were, were on a staff that was recently let go or uh, even a former head coach, or you look for one of these young up-and-comers. Peterson's name been popping around. <laughs> Dougie, Dougie yeah, P. So I, I'd say he's, he's definitely the most intriguing of that group. I mean, when you talk about the type of offensive coordinator candidate who I think would, would instantly command respect from not just the team, but especially Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, uh, hard to go wrong with a Super Bowl-winning head coach um but you know like i was going to say you can also make a case that some of these young up-and-comers who have learned under guys like sean McVay and andy reed i mean would someone like that be a good fit that that would be an interesting dynamic uh if you've got an offensive coordinator who's younger than the quarterback <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right there and speaking of the quarterback what does this mean for big ben because we all talked about their connection, right? Randy Feetner to Big Ben, former position coach turned OC. Um, that just being Ben's guy, and obviously this being this late in Ben's career, if he were to return next year, would he even be open to having a new coordinator? What does all this mean for Ben now? I think he'd be open to it. Uh, the, the nineteen or the, the twenty-two million dollars speaks pretty loudly about being open to change. Uh, I think if you're Ben and considering what to do with your future but yeah i mean there, there's no doubt that you know randy was kind of his guy and and you know he was randy's guy um that a lot of people around here thinks that you know being the steelers offensive coordinator is just uh, another title for being ben's yes man so uh maybe that's what he needs though at, at this point in, in his career maybe he only has one season left in the nfl and uh it's, it's going to take someone new to kind of you know, get something new out of him or, or get improved play out of him I, I i think that you know he'll, he'll probably be consulted on this search i would imagine but uh, i don't think that uh just knowing that they're going in a different direction at that spot would would automatically make him say all right maybe i don't want to come back brian Backo of the post gazette with us here on the steelers blitz you guys mentioned doug peterson there being a high profile name and all i could think about was mike tomlin and andy reed you know doug peterson just having a bidding war between those two you know i'll go to pittsburgh i'll go to kansas city i'll go to pittsburgh no nah, maybe i'll go back with andy reed well, it's not that far of a drive though i mean he could just you know it's right across the state He's well I, I i do believe he lives in florida as his full-time residence oh yeah so it's even closer so it's even yeah, it's closer. closer yeah they got directs <laughs> uh mr Backo, let me ask you this in the scope of that conversation right if it's just if it's somebody from within the organization if it's matt canada who gets bumped up to offensive coordinator if the Steelers, maybe this is the best way to word it. If the Steelers don't go out, right, and bring in somebody, and I'm not saying it has to even be a high-profile name like Doug Peterson, but maybe like you mentioned, uh, someone who's been under McVay's tutelage or Kyle Shanahan's tutelage or, or Andy Reid, one of those offensive minds. If the Steelers don't bring in somebody from the outside, Brian, is it really possible to have that much of a change? Well, it's, that's hard to answer because we don't know exactly how much of a role Matt Cannon hmm. was playing week to week that's behind closed doors and, and how much he was having to say 
on the game plan. Uh, we, you know, we haven't talked to him since before the season, and at that point, he was very diplomatic about saying, you know, I'm just learning from from Randy and from Ben, and trying to give my input where I can. Uh, if the the one thing that, that would kind of look bad, I guess, if you want to just promote him, would be that's a guy that really didn't have any sort of NFL coordinating experience, getting a pretty big job, and at that point. Shouldn't you just open it up to anyone who's coordinated a good offense in college? So uh, I don't know that that's the route they're going to take. You know, you talk about outside-the-box hires. I mean, there there are guys who, for whatever reason, have been out of the NFL for a year or two, like a Jim Caldwell who might be looking to to get back in, Mark Tressman, who used to be with the the Ravens. I think he was even with uh, some of those now-defunct off-season football leagues. Uh, They're they're, (laughs) There'll be a lot of names out there. I also wonder, and I think this is a good, you know, discussion point as well, is how attractive is this job to guys who are on the market? Hmm. Well, and speaking of the guys that are on the market, when we look at the Steelers' assistant coaches' salaries, they aren't highly compensated. I mean, it's not like they're the lowest paid in the league, but they definitely aren't up there with some of these other high-end assistants. Are we – putting too much pressure on these guys with them not being paid as much as some of these other guys. Because if this was a football team, right, and this is a guy who's on a vet minimum contract, we're not going to expect the guy that's on vet minimum to be able to do the things equivalent to the guy that's getting paid $10 million a year. So are our expectations, you know, just off right now when it comes to some of these assistants and potential hiring of some of these top-tier candidates? Well, if that's the case, then I think you should expect the Steelers to pay a little bit more than they have been. I mean, there's no salary cap for coaches in the NFL. If if that if something like that most holds them back from getting the best guy for the job, then then I think that would be a real shame for the organization, mm-hmm. especially since you've kind of got this window here that's open, potentially one more year of, of Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, to be honest, I mean, we, we don't know for sure if Ben is going to be back. And if that's the case, then, you know, you can kind of blow the whole thing up and, you know, either find someone who might mesh well with Mason Rudolph or find a guy and, and then say, all right, we want all of your input on what we should do as the successor at, at quarterback. So uh, it's, it's really, really intriguing that you just have uh, this this mystery box now for the Steelers offense. I mean, you, you think number seven is going to be the guy calling the shots, but, uh, you know, there, there, there haven't been a whole lot uh, of major, major changes over the last three years, and, and this certainly qualifies as one of them. Hey, another name, you know, you might call it a retread, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's out there and he, he could be looking for work. Todd Haley, you guys ever heard uh, of him? Yeah, he's got a, he's that guy who has a podcast I and mean, the show on Sirius, right? Which, this is the only thing, Becko. <laughs> he got fired after putting up 40 points in the playoffs. Yeah, I know, I know. That. I mean, like the well, next day. same thing. He didn't get fired, right? They, excuse, excuse, contract just, they, 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 yeah. they decided not to uh, renew his contract renew after his he services. dropped 40 on him. Excuse me. But hold on, because I, I, cause I do want to ask you a little bit more about that, though, Mr. Backo, because I think you just said there that this is big change or major change. I don't forget the exact terminology, the terminology that you used. Uh, but Tuesday afternoon in his kind of season wrap-up press conference, Mike Tomlin said, mm-hmm. and I quote, I'm not going to maintain status quo and hope that the outcome changes. That's the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. End quote. If if there's not some outside voices brought into the locker room that have legitimate voices and have legitimate gravitas mm-hmm. in that locker room, that to me is still the definition of insanity. If you're if you're just continuing the same voices that have been in 
the the halls of the organization, maybe just now with a bigger title, a better title, a, a little bit extra bump in salary, that to me is maintaining status quo. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and and I'll just, I mean, I'll be honest. After the dust settled Sunday night, I was sitting there thinking about you know all the opinions I'm going to have to have in the coming days. <laughs> I did find myself coming back to the idea that you know there really should be drastic changes at the top, and and to me, short of you know, getting rid of the head coach, which I don't think they should do. Maybe you look at both coordinators. Now, it would seem from the news today that Keith Butler is is maybe safe, but it's it's only January 14th. I assume things could still change on that front, and, and that's why uh, I do think they they had to do this with with Randy Feetner. And you know, I guess we'll see uh, if if the new guy is, is someone who has ties to Mike Tomlin, and, and then people will bring up sort of the same questions is is he just hiring a guy who's kind of going to go along to get along or uh do you bring in someone with real credentials and uh you know is going to have his own ideas about how he does things and you know what kind of dynamic that will play in the room because you know the 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 segue that took us into this was we know that ben did not always get along great with todd haley and (laughs) you know that that made things tense i guess at times on the south side of 3200 south water street but uh, it sure resulted in some pretty darn good offenses and made stars out of a lot of guys. Uh, do you guys think, and, and, and Mozai, if you have a different direction you want to take this, we, we can move on here after this, but do you guys think that Mason Rudolph and what they think of him plays into this at all with potentially, okay, Matt Canada for a year because we think he's going to be the great guy for Mason? Do you think there's? Do you think that's even part of the consideration at all? To me personally, I think I so. Don't think- Oh, I don't think so, Moats. I, I don't think that that's going to factor in as much as it is uh, what it has to do with Ben. Like, I just get the feeling, that despite all the platitudes and the nice things that get said about Mason Rudolph publicly at these press conferences, to me, it's it's kind of clear that, uh, that that they don't really want him to be the guy that takes over, or else, to me, it's a pretty simple decision. You cut Ben Roethlisberger and save $19 million. Now, see, the reason why I say... I do think so is because I think that they are confident in Mason and that they are going to consider having that conversation with seven. And that was the thing that I wanted mm. to ask you as well in terms of do you think seven returns? Because knowing that $41 million hit, the options that they could potentially do is obviously the uh, you, you cut him or he retires, then the cap hit is, I think, is what, 21 or something, or 20, 21 a little million. little over 20. Yeah. Right. The other alternative is you could extend him and kind of do a, a – you know, a couple of throwaway years up there for just spreading the cap out purposes. But to me, when I hear them speak of Mason Rudolph, when I see the decision that they made to go with Mason in that week 17 game and how he performed, I think that they really are high on Mason. And that's why for me, I think that they are going to consider who they think can be best for him as well. Because with Ben, I think they're looking at this as he might be back, but if he's not flexible from a contract standpoint, he won't be back. That's from my perspective, at least. Yeah, and, and I don't know that it's so much the decision to start Mason in Week 17, but how about the decision this time a year ago to, to go the whole offseason mm-hmm. without supplanting him uh, or giving him real competition for the number two job? I guess that would speak somewhat loudly to, to how they want to proceed with him. But uh, t- to me, I, I, I've long thought that the heir apparent to Ben is going to be a guy that's not on the roster and someone that, that maybe we aren't even very familiar with yet. Uh, ben looked like he found the fountain of youth at various points earlier this year, but by the end of the season, uh, I think that turned out to to not at all be the case. And uh, for me, if we're, if we're playing the prediction game versus the what would you do game, I think 
Ben will be back in 2021 because it's just one of those crazy things where it's hard to imagine him not playing for the Steelers until he isn't. So I'm, I'm not going to predict it. But if, if this were Madden and I'm in GM mode and I'm deciding well, how to build my roster, I, I think I would go a different direction. I really do. So with that being said, and I do agree with you, and I'm pretty much the exact same, right? I do think he will be back, but if I was playing Madden, probably would be going a different direction as well <laughs> because there are a lot of pieces that I could retain defensively with the the extra 20 mil or whatever yep. that we were made in, in the cap space. But to you, my, this is my question. Under the assumption that Ben Roethlisberger is back and is the starting quarterback next year, what is this team? Is this a Super Bowl contending team? Is this a playoff team? Is this a one-and-done-in-the-playoffs team? What, what are they next year under Ben Roethlisberger? Man, I, I thought all of this season, you know, even going back to the preseason when I predicted they were going to be, you know, barely 500, fighting for a playoff spot, I, I still held out the belief that if everything clicked and went right, especially with the quarterback play, that they could win it all. But now as I sit here after 17, really 16 games, of seeing the, the Steelers led by Ben Roethlisberger at this point in his career, I don't know that I see that. I, I think they're a, I think they're a playoff contender still. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of think that Super Bowl window has has closed on them in their current form. And you know maybe it's just recency bias because four days ago I was sitting on my couch, couldn't believe my eyes what was happening at Heinz Field. But uh, it, it seemed like even when Ben was at his best, uh, it, it was. It was too inconsistent. It wasn't happening often enough, and uh, it, it wasn't sustained. And now it's going to be even harder to have the, the help on defense, I think, to play complementary football in that regard. Brian Backo, our guest, our good friend of the show from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. All right, guys, so no official predictions this weekend. But just quickly, Backo, all right, give me your winner. Rams, Packers. Packers. Ravens, Bills. Ravens. Browns, Chiefs. Chiefs. Bucks, Saints. Cool. This is the toughest game to call for me, but I'm going to go Saints. <laughs> oh, if Drew Brees gets the three piece That'd on Tom crazy. Brady this season. Oh, uh, you hate crazy. to see it. You hate to see it. <laughs> I mean, you just really do. Uh, buddy, we appreciate your time as always. I meant to this morning. Uh, go back and look at all of our predictions from the season, add those up, and see who mm. had the best record. And I totally forgot. So, in suspense, uh, well, you're a busy guy. in suspense, we'll just do that next week. Boom. I like it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, buddy. Thanks for your time as always. We appreciate it. Yep. See you guys. There he is, Brian Backo, Pittsburgh Post Gazette, good friend of the show. Ooh, he takes the Ravens. Mm. Arthur Mo- Ooh. Mm-hmm. You know, Motsi and I, tomorrow on the show, we'll give you our picks for. I mean, it's not super divisional round, right? I wish it, it was. was just super wild card week. No, but I wish I like the super super divisional <laughs> round. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that plenty on the show tomorrow. But when we return, more reaction to the Steelers news of the day. Motsi, Euler, SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Let's see, we got a bunch of tweets rolling in here. Can we get to some of them? I think we can get to some of them. Um, Irie says here, uh, people can argue either way about Ben and him not being consistent enough, but maybe if he didn't throw 55 times a game, he would be more consistent. Things on offense need to change in terms of being more balanced, and I still have faith that Ben can lead this team to another Super Bowl. That, to me, if, if Ben, you know, and I... If you listen to his post-game comments, and I know a lot of people, Motsi, point to oh, Ben was crying on the sideline and everything he said to Pouncey. If you listen to his post-game comments, though, he said what he's reiterated many times over the last two, three years, that he always wants to honor his contract with the Steelers, that he wants to play out his contract with the Steelers. That uh, <laughs> means a little different this time around, though. Well, it does. Now... If Ben is back, so when you combine that, Ben's saying that I want to honor my contract with the Steelers. If I think he said if they'll have me, I'll be back or something like that. that that's different now. If they have me, I'll be correct, back. It's correct. different than honoring the contract. Correct. Because those things in this instant are, are very drastically different. And just to break it down for the, mm-hmm. for the listeners mm-hmm. real quick, honoring my contract means I'm not going to restructure. I'm not going to extend. You're going to have this $41 million cat pit. I'm not changing anything. Right. That's honoring the contract. That's why we, mm. we're saying that's not good. Now, if the team will have me back, I'll be back means, okay, they can say, hey, look, man, we're going to we're gonna do some type of, you know, just on paper extension, meaning, all right, a four-year, whatever deal, but right, right. The, the, this year is the final year, and then they rip up the rest of the year, so right. that way and the cap hit isn't the same. Hit, right. Yeah. You can space out over multiple years. That's a big difference. Mm. Honoring your contract versus well, if they have me back, I'll return mm. night and day. Night and day. And, and, that's a great point. And let's be real. We, we talk about the media savviness. That, that's, He's that's been a doing this for a yes. long time. He, he yeah. understands the difference in those two as well. When Mike Tomlin says on Tuesday that he can't say enough about Ben Roethlisberger's performance this year, I just... I don't know. Maybe, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm putting two and two together. I, like, I would be shocked at this point if Ben's not back. Am, 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 I, am I assuming too much there? Am I reading no, no, too much into the comments no, there? The, the reason I think you're 100% right is because not only has he said it, but we've seen other players say it as well. They all have raved about Ben. They, anytime they've discussed Ben's play, they haven't spoken or speaking – they haven't spoken on him – from a negative standpoint, right. it's always glass half full with Ben. They, they haven't really critiqued him to that extent, even though at times his play has warranted criticism. So that's why for me, I think they're going to do whatever it takes to retain him. But to me, the right decision is anything that doesn't include $41 million in cap hit. I mean, mm. as it stands today, he has the highest cap hit in the NFL. Just Just think about what I just said there. The highest cap hit in the NFL is held by Ben Roethlisberger at $41 million next year. Not Patrick Mahomes, not Aaron Rodgers, not Russell Wilson, not Drew Brees, not Tom Brady. We think about all these guys we can name that from an objective standpoint, we can all safely say, hey, those guys outplayed him, right? 
but yet his cap hit is going to be more than all of those guys. That's why this is so significant. Hmm. It's not saying that Ben can't play at a high level. He can. But a $41 million cap level, he can't do that right now. Especially when the the salary cap is going to, at best, Plateau, correct. It might even drop That's down. That's at best, right? That's at best at plateau. So when we, so the reason why this is uh, significant, Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton, Juju Smith uh, Schuster, James Conner, off the top, Alejandro Villanueva, Alejandro, uh, also T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. You five have to pay five him. of the six are free agents. Obviously, T.J. They want to get the mega extension done for him, and let's be real, it has to be record breaking. It has to be highest paid edge rusher. So, in the NFL. So with that being said, you don't have time to pay the aging quarterback $41 million. Or excuse me, they're not paying for him, but have right, a $41 cap million dollar cap. Because yeah. obviously the signing bonus from when he initially did the deal has been. Uh, has been kicking has that been, can yeah, down the been, road. All right, get a little bit this year, a little bit that yeah. year, a little bit this year. So it's a lot of factors that went into the that never getting due. that. But yes, the bill has officially come due. So you, it, to me, I just don't see how you play him under that forty-one million dollar cap pit and still keep the integrity of the core group of defenders hmm. on this team. I agree, I I, I completely agree, and cool. A lot of decisions to be made. A lot of decisions to be made. I mean, it's a ton of other guys that their contracts are up. Jordan Dangerfield, special teams captain, he's up. I believe Matt Filer is another guy Matt as Filer. well. Yep. And, and we obviously know that he's shown that he can start at guard or tackle. And we already had spoke on his praise. Zach saying, Banner. I mean, yeah, he's another one. He's a restricted free agent. But, but, but still, you got to do business with him somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah. And that doesn't even include Avery Williamson. He's another guy that you're going to be looking to make a decision on. So it's a lot of variables that are going to go into this. But – is I mean you can't do business with the other guys until you know what you're working with, but obviously they can't be too you know they, they can't make this decision too fast because they still have to wait until the official salary cap numbers are released, which will be early. It March? should be yeah early March. That, that's, that's from when what I mean. The league calendar turns yes, over right. Correct. Is that, early usually March? like the the twelfth or thirteenth that time frame. The fiscal calendar, if you yes. will. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um. Yeah, some more tweets here. Like Brian tweets about um, the offense being uh, dead last or near the bottom and rushing, particularly the second half of the season, and a lot of key situations being unable uh, to pick up a yard to extend drives. Talking about the balance, talking about wanting uh, whoever replaces Randy Feetner to be somebody who can help in that regard. And. Sean Surratt as well, too. Yeah, without a doubt, man. I mean, those are certain things you're going to be looking for. And I think this is the the difficult situation that they're in. And we kind of alluded to it with Brian Batco. I understand we like to just publicly say, oh, yeah, man, Ben's open to this guy. It'll it'll work. Ben Ben is going to be flexible, this and that. But we really don't know (laughs) what that's going to be like. So I don't know when this hiring process starts. Are they going to hire somebody that's tailored for Ben? Hmm. Or are they going to hire somebody that they feel understands how to scheme up and understands how to attack defenses the way that we would like them to attack them? And it's not be based on Ben, just based on what he's capable of. Because obviously, even if Ben returns, we're looking at a one-year scenario. So that that, that to me is going to be the most interesting part. That, that I think is going to tell us, 
even more <laughs> about their direction because we, we just don't know right now. I mean, are, are, how involved has been in, in this process? This isn't to me like right, the Deshaun wanna, Watson situation, Does he want right? to learn a completely new right. offense one and for one year? We got a couple questions about that. And the reason why I say it's not like Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is, is top five right now, young, He's face of your franchise. Play for the next 12 years. So he, it, him being upset about not being involved in some of the major hirings is very much understandable. Seven, it's not the same. It, seven, if he's going to be here for one, two more two, years. Hey, even. so so when you're thinking about from when you think about it from that standpoint, yeah. it just it, it, it his opinion on the hire isn't as significant from my perspective, at least. No, I agree. I, I I certainly agree with that. That's maybe the most difficult thing to balance with the hire, right? Yeah. Is is. How does this guy translate going forward, and how does this guy work with Big Ben here in the interim? Uh, Josh brings up an interesting point on Twitter here. Motsi, Josh says, as much as I loathe Colin Cowherd, he brought up a good point. (laughs) Uh, The NFL season gets extended next year. Yes, 17 regular season games. Mm -hmm. Preseason will be cut down to three three games games now. Yes. Uh, He said Colin Cowherd brought up a point that with – you know, with Ben's age and what we've saw, can he make it through an even longer season next year? Josh says, I love Ben, and I'm on the side of him coming back, but I do think Colin Cowherd has a good point. Thanks, gentlemen. No, thank you for the tweet, Josh. Yeah. And when I think of Ben, um, in terms of what he would look like next year, honestly, I feel like him returning next year makes us the Indianapolis Colts of this year. The Colts are what? They're a good team. Not great, though. They're going to be in contention for the playoffs, but you never really view them as a threat to really win the Super Bowl. When things go great, they look great. But if everything doesn't go perfect and they get every bounce, then yeah, they they typically fall short in a lot of these uh a lot of these contests. To me, I think that that's where we're headed with Ben coming back. Regardless of, you know, the other pieces, I just I don't think that at this stage He's carrying an offense. No, like, I think that, gonna, like but we but we, and we thought that this year, but that was the approach that they took. That's not being a hater. That's just being realistic. Right. But that was definitely the approach that they took after that Titans game. It became more of okay, less balance or less run pass balance in twenty twenty, and a lot more right, and, the ball and a lot more yes. times. So to me, that's why I feel like we have to say this because even though we feel like this is obvious, we thought the same thing a year ago. And that wasn't the case. <laughs> you are correct, Arthur Motes. Uh, David, the Photoshop extraordinaire, uh, attaches the goofy gif of Adam Gase at his introductory press conference, looking around with the crazy eyes, and says, Adam Gase looking for that Steelers offensive coordinator application. <laughs> hey, man, he did help out Peyton Manning. Oh. <laughs> uh, mm. Don't fall for it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Look how good Ryan Tannehill was as soon as he got... Don't do it. I still got hope for Sam Darnold in that regard. Now that we're talking about it. One hour in the books. Hey, by the way, Sam Darnold, only a $9 million cap hit. Just throwing it out there. (laughs) But what's Dwayne Haskins? He's a free agent. It's even lower. You know I, I they, peeked around a little bit. You know what they should do? <laughs> we got to do the Penguins fan thing here. Uh-oh. You know, because every trade deadline, the Penguins got to bring back Yarmir Yager. Oh, man. I uh, thought Mario Lemieux was going to come down. Tommy Maddox or uh, Bobby Brister still out there? <laughs> hey, ooh, everybody loves Tommy Gunn. Come on now. <laughs> we got some more tweets. We'll get to those in the second hour. Uh, at Wes Euler, the body 52. The body. And Motsi, when we came in here today, you know, I'd tell you what, folks. Uh, this guy, he's just... 
not only a host on the show, but he's producing the topics as well. Uh, Motsi came in here today with a very intriguing question uh, about the Steelers going forward, Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, the structure of the organization over the next decade plus. And, uh, and I think there's some interesting conversation to be had there as, hey, let's face it, uh, changes have come to the coaching staff today. There's going to be changes to the roster. We all know that. And we could have some some movement in the front office as well. So we'll get into that to start the second hour of the show and continue with your reaction as well. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Inside the Electric Factory, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm feeling electric. Well, that's good. Me too. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR, hour number two. And Motesy, you asked me a very poignant question earlier today. Look at you breaking out the SAT words, baby. That's what I'm talking about. So I want to kick this over for you, for you to introduce this topic, because you laid it out so eloquently this morning that I don't want to butcher it, and I don't want to take credit for something that you produced here. Uh, But in the news, in the wake of uh, Omar Khan interviewing for some jobs, some Mm -hmm. GM jobs across the NFL, everything that we know about Kevin Colbert and his year-to-year contract, and some rumors that popped up earlier in the week about maybe some potential... Um, to, for him taking a job with the Detroit Lions, uh, you brought up a very interesting com- uh, topic of conversation this morning. Yes, um, as I was, you know, reading the news, kind of like you just said, man, with Kevin Colbert potentially being on the Lions' radar, and then obviously Omar Khan, who has already interviewed with the Texans, uh, or excuse me, he, yeah, he already interviewed with the Texans, and the Panthers are yep. another team that is I and Omar. Man, I started to wonder and ask myself. If you had to decide between the two right now, what direction would you be going if you're the Steelers? Because with Kevin Colbert, we understand that he probably has, you know, the next anywhere between one to three years before he decides to retire. His contracts have already started to reflect that, and he's already hinted towards that. Whereas Omar Khan, Omar is a guy who is, you know, young, and in terms of getting this opportunity, this would be his first shot at being a GM, but we like to fancy him as the next you know, great GM, the next Kevin Colbert. So understanding that, it made me wonder if both of these guys could potentially be on the move right now or both of these guys are drawing interest, does it make sense to potentially move on from Kevin Colbert a year early if that means you're able to retain Omar Khan for the next 10, 20 years as your GM? Hmm. Or... Do you ride with Kevin Colbert until he decides to hang him up, but you potentially lose a guy like Omar Khan to hmm. one of these other franchises <laughs> like we were already speaking of? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very, <laughs> very Man. delicate situation because you make the wrong choice here or the wrong move here, and you could set yourself back. Or you could potentially put yourself <laughs> in a great position for the next however many years. Or you could fall flat on your face. <laughs> But it got me wondering. It got me thinking, like, what, how would you react to this situation? What would you do? 
Man, Arthur Motes, you know, for a guy who always tells me that you don't do hypotheticals, this is an incredible radio hypothetical. Well, because to me, this is more realistic no, than is. hypothetical. It like, is. hypothetical, right. if, right. if we would have had this conversation six six weeks ago, it's, a and hypothetical. We're, yeah, it's like, well, hey, Omar hasn't had any interviews yet. Kevin Colbert hasn't had any interest from any <laughs> other teams yet. Well, right now, this is true. The Lions... They, they are eyeing Kevin, Kevin Colbert hard, and depending on where you look at, some people mm. let me say they are on the brink of poaching him away. Yeah, that was reported out of Detroit. Absolutely. And then, obviously, Omar Khan is already on record that he interviewed with the Texans. That's not a secret. Yes, he is. So the fact that he already interviewed, now granted, they went with Cicero the, the, uh, the Patriots the, from guy. the Patriots, yep. but he still was allowed that ability because that's the other thing. At the NFL level, you can't just interview – while under contract, you have to receive permission, permission from the organization. Yep. So the fact that the uh, the organization gave them permission, gave Omar Khan permission, to me, I'm like, whoo, you you playing with fire, baby. That's a, that's a little deadly. But then there's a third person that we didn't speak of just yet. Brandon Hunt. Brandon Hunt. My buddy. He's another guy similar to Omar Khan is being viewed as that next wave, that, that next innovative GM. The guy that people are going to be hunting and looking for. So, are they already viewing Brandon Hunt as that replacement to Kevin Colbert, which is why they allow Omar Khan to go ahead and take that interview? Mm. It's a lot of moving parts there, man. Man, Motes, there are some big time decisions to be made by this organization. And both of the guys, in terms of Omar Khan and Brandon Hunt, specialize in two very different things. Omar Khan, more of a numbers guy. Brandon Hunt, more of a talent evaluator. (laughs) And both of those parts are very much important as a GM. Yes, they are. (laughs) I'd say those are probably the two most important parts. Oh, no question. I need you to find a tie. I need you to make these numbers work. (laughs) Don't go over the cap, too, or else you're going to get penalized next year. Man... You just think of the gravity of all these decisions and how the trickle-down effect of all of them, how they'll all be intertwined and related and and just can have ramifications for decades. What the Steelers decide to do with Omar Khan, uh, the, the timeline that Kevin Colbert sees the rest of his uh, career, his time in the National Football League, everything with the coaching staff and the offensive coordinators, how that affects Ben Roethlisberger. How much longer is Mike Tomlin going to be here, right? If... If the Steelers are thinking that Mike Tomlin's only going to be here for another few more years before he wants to step aside and maybe take a break and kind of reevaluate what he wants to do um, for the rest of his career as well, are you sitting there thinking, okay, if we have to hire a coach in two years, three years, four years, is is Omar Khan going to be better at that? Mm -hmm. Is Brandon Hunt going to be better at that? Do we still want Kevin Colbert around when we're trying to do that? a lot of questions. And and that obviously trickles down, right? Because if you don't nail your next head coaching hire, that has ramifications. If you don't nail the rebuilding of this offensive line, that has ramifications. Mm -hmm. If you don't nail finding Ben's replacement, you can go 25 stinking years like we did between Bradshaw and Ben Mm -hmm. before you get a Hall of Fame franchise quarterback Oh, Arthur Motes. You got to be right on this one. That's the thing. <laughs> you have to be right. I would not want to be Mr. Rooney this offseason. I do no, not envy I do no, not envy no. these decisions. Listen, everybody talks about making the big bucks. This is what happens when you make the big bucks. You got to make big decisions. Well, this is what happens when you're yes. the boss. Everybody yes. wants to be the boss mm-hmm. until you got to make all the tough decisions. And, and, and let's be real. If you make the wrong decision, oh, we're going to crucify you for it. We're going to talk bad about 100%. you. We, we, we know that. And if you make the right decisions... <laughs> 
I mean, we'll we'll sing your praises, but not as loudly as that criticism Correct. would be from the fan base. Correct. Oh man, Arthur Motes, that's a great question. Um, I mean, what move would you make in this one? I just the, the, like, are, are you are you ahead of the curve, or, or do you want to hold on? I mean, I I always want to be ahead of the curve, but at the same time, I just I don't think there's any way that you force Kevin Colbert into retirement or, you know, potentially making him take a different job. He's been with the organization for almost three decades, almost 30 years. He's in his third decade with the yes. organization, all, uh, almost 30 years. And has done a phenomenal job, let's be real. Two Super Bowls, never I mean, had a the, losing season. The amount season. Of, of talent that he's acquired. The one, time that, the one time that he was tasked with going and finding a franchise quarterback, he nailed it. Um, look at all the success in the draft, despite hardly ever picking in the top half of the draft. It would be hard for me to sever any kind of ties with that guy. I, I, I would, I wouldn't want to do that. I. That's it, it's tough though, because part of what and this is the balance too that they have to walk not just with the general manager position but with all these coaching staff decisions oh, no as well too. Moats. The Steelers have had such success over a long period of time of doing things the way that they do them. The promoting from within house, right? Very rarely going outside and and bringing in um, a a brand new name, a big name, a a completely fresh or different voice, whatever it may be. I mean, Omar Khan has been with the Steelers organization since 2001. Brandon Hunt has been with the Steelers organization for a long time. I mean, this is the way that they do things and it's been successful. They've had a ton of success doing it. But I think what we also know about the Steelers, Arthur Motes, is that they haven't been unwilling to go away from the norm in the past few years. They've been more active in free agency than they've ever been before. They have traded up in the draft to get Devin Bush, something that they hadn't done since Troy Polamalu. Mm-hmm. They traded their first-round draft pick to get Minka Fitzpatrick, something that they hadn't done, Motsi since the Beatles were still on tour. So I that's what I wrestle with, is knowing the Steeler way and the depth of history and success there versus balancing how I've seen the last couple years. That start, they've started to, to be a little bit different in that regard, and I wonder how the last three seasons play into that. Mm-hmm. The, 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 less than, uh, the, the less than pleasing finishes that the Steelers have had the last three years. I wonder if that leads to, all right, let's reel things back. Let's play it closer to the vest. Let's go back to what we know that has served us so well over the last six decades, and that's a mm-hmm. hell of a sample size. No question. <laughs> or do we feel like we have to continue to change, to evolve, to adapt because of what's happened? These I don't know if they look at the last three years as an indictment on some of those changes right. or if they look at it as they need more change. Man. This is always a tough Ooh, one, right? I just spun myself a headache there. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you from personal experience in uh, similar scenarios, obviously when I was in Buffalo, we had an aging GM, a guy who had been there for a while, and Buddy Nix had had a ton of talent. And actually under him, they did have some success. But now towards the end of his tenure, that success had ran its course. This is when they were starting to, you know, they went 0-8, uh, 4-12, and things like that. And – what ended up happening was this. They didn't want to technically force him out, but they had their next young up-and-coming GM that they were high on, a guy right. by the name of Doug Whaley. 
Okay. So what they ended up doing the first go around, they, they said, all right, we're going to have Buddy Nick still technically be the GM. He's going to have the front seat in terms of the draft, but mm. he's going to have one year of Brandon, uh, or excuse me, of Doug Whaley being his assistant GM. He's going to learn up under him. He's going to learn all the ins and outs of it. And then after that, <laughs> Buddy Nick's transitioned out. Okay. And then Doug Whaley officially took over. So almost like a head coach in waiting type Correct. situation. Yeah, so that's how they did it, though. But they did it that way to, number one, they wanted to respect Buddy Nixon, allow him to finish his years. But at the same time, they wanted to keep this young, talented guy who they thought was going to be their next year for mm. however long. Now, it worked out that way. I'm not sure from a contract standpoint what they did to – because I know they added compensation to Doug Whaley during that time, especially once they gave him the official title of assistant GM. And then from there – you know, he became the full GM after that. So that could be something that they could potentially look into with Kevin Colbert. Now, obviously, this is with the understanding that, hey, if Kevin lets Mr. Rooney know that, man, I only have, I only want to do this for another year or two. Or, or, as, or as, another long year. As, as long as Ben's here and I I'm think here. we got a right. shot, I'm here. But as soon as it's time to completely rebuild. Like, I'm gone. Like, if that's the communication, I think we could potentially see a similar scenario like that because, hmm. obviously, Kevin Colbert's track record speaks for itself both in the, the long term and in the recent History. So he's earned his keep without a doubt. 100%. You don't push that guy out uh, as, without as, a doubt. As Brandon Hunt, who we were just talking about, mm-hmm. told me at the Combine about a year ago, Kevin Colbert is a gold jacket guy. Yeah, without a doubt, man. It's no debate. He, he will be in Canton one day. Yes, there, there is zero debate. Like I said, for me, I'm very fortunate to have had the opportunity to play under him, man. I mean, when you think about the talent that he's acquired, he's very masterful in how he does it, it's both an, through the draft and free agency, mm-hmm. and a long history of not having to overpay in these scenarios either. That's what makes him that much special compared to other guys who, man, let's just cut the money. Cut the check, cut the check, cut the check. I might hit on one out of every 20 guys. No, 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 we're not doing it here in Pittsburgh. And that's why the, the sustained success has been what it has been Absolutely. as well. So you don't force a guy like that out. No. But I do think if he communicates with them, and, and like I said, we don't know if he wants to hang it up when Ben leaves. We don't know if he wants to do two years or ten years. We don't know. We're going off of what he has hinted to in the recent year, two years ago, when he started switching his contracts to the every other year versus the longer extensions. Right. Is lining up to have that type of ending within the next year or so. So that's why if he communicates that with Mr. Rooney, then they can communicate that with either Omar Khan or Brandon Hunt, whoever they view right. as the successor, and then go from there. And not saying that they haven't already done that, which they could have when they allowed Omar Khan to have that interview. They could have already said, this is the plan in place. Mm-hmm. Brandon Hunt, this is how we view you. Mm-hmm. Keep it under wraps, but this is what we're going to do. No, they could have already right. done that. We just don't know that right now, so we have to talk and, about it. And I'm seeing reports here from last night that Omar Khan is out of the running for the Panthers' job. Okay. So maybe there was a conversation of, hey, you went and interviewed with the Texans, you went and interviewed with the Panthers, it, it wasn't the right fit for whatever reason. We, we, we want you here. You know, mm-hmm. and, and maybe it is some type of handshake agreement, whatever, you know, that it might be 2021, it might be 2022, mm-hmm. it might be 2023. You might have to, you know, you might have to wait two more years. Uh, but as soon as Kevin Colbert decides to ride off into the sunset, you are our guy. I I could absolutely see something like that happening. Yeah, without a doubt, man. I, I definitely think that that will be the case whether it's Omar or uh, Brandon yeah. Hunt, because yeah. of how talented they are at what they do. 
and because they are guys that the organization is already familiar with as well. When you have guys that are getting head coaching auditions, head coaching interviews, this is huge because that's how you can tell the the next wave of successful guys, the next wave of important decision makers. Those are the guys that are getting interviews. We talk about the Steelers and their assistant coaches and why we aren't viewed the same around the league as others is because typically our assistant coaches, they aren't getting a ton of head coaching interviews. When we talk about guys like Eric Bieniemy, we talk about guys like Brian Dable, we, we, we talk about any other coaches under Sean McVay, they are constantly getting head coaching Kyle interviews. Kyle Shanahan when right. he was under Dan Quinn. Even, the, even if they don't get the head coaching job to interview Frank for Reich that. when he was underneath right. Doug Peterson. So th- to get those interviews, that is huge. That speaks volumes. So the same is it's the same exact scenario when you talk about interviewing for GM jobs, interviewing for 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 you know any high level VP exec front office jobs. When you start getting those interviews, that speaks volumes about you as a as a front office staff member. So the fact that we got definitely one guy who's already been receiving these interviews in terms of Omar Khan and a guy in Brandon Hunt who's also in line to do similar things, to me I think that man when you got that already in house. You do whatever it takes to keep that in-house. And you know what? Maybe this helps, Arthur Motes. Just an hour ago, ESPN reports the Detroit Lions are going to hire Rams executive Brad Holmes to fill their vacant GM position, ending speculation that Kevin Colbert could be in line for the job. I like it. So there you go. Hey, get out get out of here, I Detroit. I like it. I'll tell you what. I Detroit, like I'll let you interview Kevin Colbert. Mm-hmm. But you got to give us uh, Matthew Stafford and uh, Akuda. No, we don't want Matthew Stafford. We already got our quarterback. We're good. We just want Akuda. Yeah, just Akuda. Okay, that works. Well, it depends if you want Akuda because we already got our corners. Have you watched Okuda play? <laughs> this is Pittsburgh. Nobody can be better than Pittsburgh. He's only 23 years listen, old, Motsi. Listen, this is the Steelers. There are zero better players. This is true. You know, we have the it, best. It, if they're not black and the, gold, they, have, it doesn't matter. We have the best 53 football players. Period. In the entire world. Period. The galaxy. What I need to work <laughs> on, what you and I need to work on is, you know, I'm doing some research here on that segment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kevin Colbert obviously has a Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Omar Khan has a Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Our guy Brandon Hunt doesn't have a Wikipedia page. That's good. Why would you? <laughs> the, the the longer you could keep him under the radar, the better. But I've told you he's I, I, is that he's simple, kind man? enough every year at the combine to to do a segment with myself and Matt Williamson. So yeah, yeah. we need to keep him around. It, it, certain guys, you're like, hey, stay under the radar. I, I don't want people to know about you. Just, just, just keep flying under the radar. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Uh, we'll get to some of your reaction here as we continue the second hour on the Twitter.com at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're inside the electric factory on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. The tweets are rolling in, Arthur Motes. And so uh, let's get to some conversation here with the power grid. Uh, Steeler Bomb 2030 tweets here. If you can run the ball and play defense, you, you can win without a quarterback playing at an all-pro level. 
Um, he said, look at guys who have the same amount of rings as Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. But he says, to be fair, I also really want Ben to be here. <laughs> I, well, but no, that's... Well, I was going to say, he hits on a good point. And we've seen the model. You don't have to have a great quarterback to Manning's win a Super Bowl. last year in Denver. But the difference is this. This is the one key difference. Nick Foles, Peyton Manning... We go on the list of all these quarterbacks who weren't elite. They were just good when they won it. John Elway's last no two question. years. The, the, the biggest difference is this. $41 million cap hit. Hmm. None of those guys had that. And on top of that, when you when you talk about a $41 million cap hit, you're not able to do the things that they did in terms of, okay, we're going to have a great defense. We're going to have talent on offense around these guys. You can't do that when you have that $41 million cap hit. That 41 means, hey, we're going to have less talent around you. You got to step up and do a lot yeah, more. Oh, so man. that, to me, is the biggest difference between those guys in this scenario. Because, yes, you yeah. can win that way, but we can't structure our roster that way with his cap hit being what it is. People have been making that John Elway comparison the last couple of weeks, and I'm thinking about that now. Mm-hmm. That Broncos team. Mm-hmm. Think about it. They were stacked. Best offensive line in the league. Think about it. Terrell Davis ran for 2,000 yards Ex- that, and, that and, year. Like, people forget all of those factors. Uh, yeah. Ed McCaffrey, uh-huh. Rod Smith, mm-hmm. and then look at the defense. Mm-hmm. Steve Atwater, Romanowski. Bill Romanowski. Yeah. I forget the pass rusher that they mm-hmm. had, number 93. I can still see yeah. him, but he was an absolute beast. Yeah. Big can, difference, you man. Can, you can e- still even certainly win about a that, lot of games Think about that Peyton Manning Broncos. He threw more interceptions than he did touchdown Think passes that. that year Peyton Manning mm-hmm. did. But they were able to have the talent around him. They had because an incredible of, defense. Because of the numbers on the contract, you can make yep. it work. Yep. That's the difference right now. Those You can do it, but that cat pit is handcuffing you. So <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this, too, along the lines of this same conversation. Because I've heard this a lot, too. And is it this cut and dry? Is it this black and white? That if Ben is back next year, the Steelers have to draft best offensive lineman available in the first round. You said if Ben is back. Yes. And then and then you go running back second round. Yes, yes. If he, yes. if he is back, you have to do that. Or free agency. Well, I, I will say this. And again, money. If there's a quarterback that you love at 24. Oh, and this obviously depends on their long-term views of Mason Rudolph. But say a guy like Mac Jones, who obviously mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. are—you know—some people love him, some people hate him, some people are skeptical of him because he played at Alabama. Either way, if you love him, he could potentially be available to you at twenty-four. Now, You're right. these other high-end no, guys, uh, like yeah, Trevor Lawrence obviously will it, it, not be. He's there. not available. He's he, Trevor Lawrence is right. buying a house in Jacksonville already. Uh, Justin, Justin Fields, Justin Fields will not he's be not there. available. Trey Zach, Lance is Zach, debatable. Maybe Zach Wilson will not be yes. there. You're looking Trey best, Lance, maybe. best case. Trey Lance, if Mac you move Jones. up, Mac Jones realistically, Kyle Trask. Trask, and then what's the guy from uh from uh, is it BYU Wilson? No, that's Zach Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So he's gonna be. He'll be unless you you have to move. Move up. And the only reason I say right. it's not unrealistic. You wouldn't have because, to move up 20 spots. Right, exactly. You can still you move could, up to you get him. move up five spots. Right, you could potentially spots. move up yeah, to get him. That's, that's why true. I threw him that's, in that conversation. That's a good point. So if you love one of those guys, even if Ben returns, you could always go the route of drafting them. And then from there, second, mm. third, and so forth, you go ahead and O-line, running back, or O-line, second round. And then you look to get a running back through for agency, right? You could do that as well. But – I think you, it's, you're not completely handcuffed to go on O-line if Ben returns. That's what I'm trying to get to because, like I said, if you really love one of these guys and you think he can be your guy going forward, well, it's easy to have one of those guys sit a year 
and then take over. We saw that happen with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith wasn't the the mm-hmm. the the face of the, the face of the franchise, but he was still their guy. And they drafted Mahomes. And think about this: Alex Smith took them to the playoffs that year as well. Mm-hmm. And then look after at, that, look at what the Packers have right, done. absolutely. And then after that was when they made the switch for uh, for Brett Alex Favre Smith, to Aaron Rodgers. To, to, now yeah. they got Jordan Love and waiting. Yeah. So we've seen this model work before. Another one. Tony Romo to Dak Prescott. Ooh. They drafted Dak while Tony Romo was there. So we've seen different cases where it's like that. So it can happen. It can work. And they, just because you draft the guy doesn't mean he has to take over that first year. Daniel Jones and Eli Manning is another example. I mean, we, we've seen numerous cases of it, especially with high-end quarterbacks, franchise-caliber quarterbacks. So it's it's not a foregone conclusion. That that's the biggest thing I'm trying to allude to right here. So you got <laughs> options, man. You got options. A lot of decisions to be made. But you got to love the guy. If you're taking him in that first round as a quarterback, you have to love him. There there it can't Absolutely. be it can't be the Mason Rudolph scenario where hey we drafted him in what the third, but we said you know we had a first round grade and we actually loved him. It can't be that scenario. If you want this guy and he's your first round grade, it has to it has to you know be reciprocated. It, it needs to be shown. Or you go for agency route, but we just don't think money-wise you're going to be able to do that. Yeah. But Sam Donald does have a $9 million cap. <laughs> I was just throwing it out there. You know, I, I I, mean, I would just love that to happen for the pure fact that you would have to root for Sam Darnold. I mean, how about that? I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. Because for me, man, I, I do believe that Sam Darnold can make plays. And I do think a large portion of his struggles were directly related to the management in New York, along with the lack of offensive line help in New York. It's hard to play quarterback in this league, but it's even harder to play quarterback when you don't have protection. No doubt. That that's and, and then no doubt. it's even harder when you don't have protection. And you're not as mobile and, and, as you used to be. And, and you don't have competent front office staff to get pieces around you or get you mm-hmm, in the best particular mm-hmm. calls and schemes. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, Steel City Champs with an interesting one here. Uh, he says, first and foremost, I want to say a big thank you guys for this season. You made 2020 entertaining and educational. Uh, he says, along the lines of mock draft, what would be your top five positions of need? And if you want to attach names, I, I don't know if we're I'm, – I'm not comfortable enough attaching names. But my top five positions of need would be offensive line one, Running back two. And then on defense, it would my, my third would be on defense. It would be maybe linebacker. Maybe defensive back. What do you mean defensive back? Corner. Okay. Because, hey, I, I, I want to see him play in a full preseason before I really rain a verdict, but I haven't uh, been – overly confident in what I've seen from number 31 in small sample sizes as it relates to him being the future in that position. It would be offensive line one, it would be running back two, and then I would want to start building some depth and some future at at some positions on defense. Linebacker, defensive line, in the secondary would be probably three, four, five. What say you, Arthur Motes? Um, I actually agree with you, man. Outside of quarterback, I'm probably going to go O-line first. I definitely think you have to revamp that, work it inside to out. You got to get a a lot better up front, though, man. Then from there, we're going running back because you got to have this running game a lot better. Yeah, especially, again, if seven seven is back. And and when I say 
running back it is i don't even care if james connor is brought back i still think you have yes. to upgrade oh, the position I, I as agree. a whole and that's something too that as we talk about the future and if the steelers mm-hmm. end up taking like getting a good running back this year in the draft isn't just going to help ben roethlisberger yes it's going to help whoever his replacement Absolutely. is to have a run game to lean on you and i have discussed this at nauseum look at how much russell wilson mm-hmm. and dak prescott and and these guys uh, jared goff the list goes on and on and on of guys who when they got to the league had a team with an established run game and, and the it was a major this, benefit though, with the guys that you've named this is why Baker Mayfield. But this is why I always have issues with Lamar the, Jackson. This is why I have issues with the whole narrative of, you know, you don't have to draft how to get running base. You get them whenever you want them. The teams that continually have success in the running at running backs, they're getting running backs Top first 50. two rounds. Top fifty picks. And, and they are paying for these guys through free agency. They don't go the route of, oh, you can get a guy in the fourth or you get a guy in the fifth round. The problem when you get a guy in the fourth and the fifth, you're going to get fourth and fifth round productivity nine times out of ten. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, you might you strike gold. Alvin Kamara right, every, every once, every in, once a while, in a while, cool. But the majority of the, the time, you are going to get rule. you're yeah. going to get that style of play, and then you have to go running back by committee, which ultimately does what tip your hand when you're trying to do certain things. Those guys that we just named, when the Seahawks were winning, was Beast Mode coming off the field? Nope. No. When the Rams were winning, was Ty Gurley coming nope. off the field? No. Like, like we could go down that list. It's a difference. Look at the Ravens. Look at it's Nick, a difference, look at Nick man. Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Absolutely. Now. Look at look Zeke. at the Cowboys. I mean, no Zeke question. With the Cowboys. It, you, Dak you, deserves you a ton of credit. You get what you pay for, when man. They, when he first came, like Dak deserves a lot of credit these last couple years. Correct. But when he first got there, that offense ran it, through. It Zeke. was solely through Zeke. It was man. Zeke left, Zeke right, hit yes. the occasional big play over the Absolutely. top. Absolutely. Yeah. So to me, I think that's something that they need to strongly consider because based on the running backs we have. The highest pedigree guy is who? James Conner, who's mm-hmm. a third-rounder in his own that's, right. That's also part of the reason why we talk about how the Saints are, what, 9-1 and one the last two years mm-hmm. without Drew Brees because they because, got Alvin Kamara. Absolutely. And, and then before that, it was Alvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. So you had a tandem. You had multiple pieces. Yep. Right now, we don't have that. As much as we love James Conner, it's looking more like that 2018 season was a flash in the pan. It, that that looks more of the outlier compared to what we've seen from him since then, where there's been lack of ability, where where there's been lack of availability, yeah. or where the there's been ball security, right? So we've seen numerous scenarios now, however we want to slice it, where he hasn't lived up to the billing of RB1, that's running true. back one. Oh, absolutely. And there's, so, the sample size is big enough Yes. Now. So, so that's why for me, I feel like running back has to be number two, regardless of what you do with James Conner. You know what? We talk a lot about insanity. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, man. Coming back with the same running back group yes. next year would be insanity. You spice it up. I, I don't care how you do it, but you make moves. And then after that, man, I feel like you got to address inside linebacker. Mm. Depending on, obviously, Devin Bush is going to be coming back from ACL. It's likely that he will return and be just fine, but you never really know with that, obviously. But Vince Williams and Avery Williamson, right. because of the contract numbers and things like that, you got to make moves there. You got to mm-hmm. make decisions. You might need some depth. You might need an extra body. How confident interior. are you going forward with Robert Spillane? Do if, you feel like Bud leaves? You need another body a, a, on the absolutely. outside too. So, so that's why for me, I'm like it has to be linebacker yeah, because I'm with you. We, we didn't address it this offseason as well. We we said, I mean, you brought in Alex Highsmith, but they never really addressed a lot the, of people. De- a lot of people wanted Zach Bond yes. with that second round pick instead absolutely, of Chase Claypool. Man. Yeah. So that that to me is the next thing that you have to you gotta whether it's free agency or the draft right. you have Just to figure out a way to 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 bring some of that talent in. I agree.
Uh, Steel City also adds, if there isn't a combine, how do we scout our next draft picks? Well, that's the difficult thing because not every league, we talked about this, not every league has even played. A lot of the FCS teams, or which they played like five games, right? So, so a lot of teams haven't played a lot. Some teams are waiting until the spring to play. If they even play those games, evaluation is going to be extremely difficult. If I'm a scout and I'm having to evaluate a guy for one game, I basically have to rely on everything from he what he did as a junior and as a sophomore and hope for the best in terms of projecting. But things can change. I mean, just for me, for example, as a junior, I was good. But literally, I was a third-team all-conference guy as a junior and then the best player in the nation as a senior. My productivity, I mean, even though it, it wasn't – it didn't take this astronomical where, oh, man, he went from a two-sack guy to a 12-sack. Like, it still was a big boost. If I don't have that senior year, I don't get drafted. Imagine if Joe Burrow didn't have his exactly last like no year. one knows who he is. If that doesn't happen, he's 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 maybe a fifth mm-hmm. or sixth round draft pick at best. At best, at best. Yeah, I and there's and those examples go on mm-hmm. and on and on. So of it's going to be extremely difficult. Needed that last when you're year. You're talking about evaluating these guys, football. man. Yeah, and now there is obviously there's plenty of teams too. That played, you know, Alabama played what thirteen games. Clemson played twelve or thirteen mm-hmm. games. No, like so, there are a lot of programs that played double digit games this year, but it it was not the same in a lot of those senses. There was a lot of you know guys would not play for three weeks and then play a game. You know, how are you evaluating somebody's tape? A twenty one year old mozi and you look at the schedule, right? And they had to shut down for three weeks because of COVID, and then they came back and played a game mm-hmm. on set. Like, are you really putting a ton of stock into that guy's performance when he had no practice, no nothing for three weeks? Exactly. It, it's 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 a lot to evaluate. It's going to be difficult this year. They're not going to have the combine in regards to how they normally have it. There's just I no mean, chance. You can't, yeah. I, I will not be in Indianapolis <laughs> the last week in February like I normally Oh, am. join the party. Yeah. I'll be hanging out with Motsi. Yeah. You going to come to my 30th birthday party? Dirty 30. You know Only if we can, can I bar crawl for you? Can I, can I bar crawl with you? Can we bar crawl? I mean, can, I mean, we can go to Morgantown. We can go to wherever you want. <laughs> I mean, we can take us on the road. I don't know if you want it in Pittsburgh or if you want to go back to your old stomping grounds. I'm flexible see, either you know way. What we could do. Let's just see if we can get the families to Florida for a week. We'll take a couple, you know what? We'll take a couple broadcast boxes and I, we'll I just you. do the show you. from South Beach. I got you guys. Don't worry. Since you owe me a consequence oh, for the Brady bet. The, the, the yep. consequence That's is still out there. we all have to go to Florida ah, for man, one a week. Bummer. Oh. You know, I, I hate, I, I know you got this perfect oh, tan going on, really? but you're going to have to go to Florida oh. for a week with, with, with me and my family, you and your family. <laughs> And we're just going to have to spend time down there, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry we have to do this. Uh, twi- but that's the consequence, all right? Twist my arm. I mean, uh, I lost hey, the bet. A deal is a deal. A bet is a bet. It is You know, I, I, as much as I hate to do this to you, this is what we have to do. And we are nothing without our word. <laughs> my word is my bond. <laughs> Last chance to get those tweets in. At Wesley Euler at The Body 52. The Body. We'll wrap this show up on the other side. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show as we always do with your reaction on the Twitter.com. I retweets here, Motes. A little mm-hmm. change of pace. Uh, I got a funny question for you, Wes. 
I know you grew up a fan of the Steelers and the Penguins. In your hypothetical world, would you trade any of the Penns championships for a couple Steelers Super Bowls? You know, to maybe finally have beaten Brady and gone on to win a Super Bowl would have been great like in 2016. No, I would not. Um, I love the fact that in my lifetime, I've, I've enjoyed the Penguins winning three Stanley Cups, making it to the finals four times. I've enjoyed the, Pen- uh, the Steelers winning two Super Bowls, making it there four times. I mean, the first time, 95, I was still a kid, but, but three Super Bowl runs, two championships that I've been old enough to really enjoy and witness, four Stanley Cup runs, three championships that I've been old enough to enjoy and witness. I like that balance mode. See, I'd like to throw in a Pirates one in there, too. That would be kind of fun, right? I'd throw in a World Series at some point, too. Now, what I would do, Irie, is, and this will let you know, and anybody who's listened to this show for more than 15 minutes, I'm sure can guess this. Arthur Motes, this will not be very popular. I would give up any Pittsburgh championship for one stinking WVU football national title. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) Just one. Yeah, I don't have those issues. JMU, we win national <laughs> championships, so we're not worried about that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> this won't be popular. You could tell me right now that the Penguins and the Steelers both won't. I'm only 29 years old. I hopefully got 60 years ahead of me. You could tell me right now that the Penguins and the Steelers will not win championships the rest of my life, but the WVU will. Where do, Arthur Motes, where, where, don't tell anybody I said this, but where do I sign? <laughs> no, uh, we. if you're my age... You know, if if you're about 30 years old, late 20s, early 30s, man, you have grown up spoiled in Pittsburgh from what the Steelers and Penguins have given you, and and I love that balance, Motsi. I I do. Without a doubt, man, we've been very fortunate here in the city of champions. Look around, very, very fortunate. Some of the other cities around us. Seriously, man. Like since 1980, Philadelphia has two championships, and they have an extra team. mm Mm-hmm. Look at Cleveland. Buffalo. Look at Cincinnati. Look I mean, at we, Buffalo. I going to say it's a ton of the cities until, that, that don't have until, championships. Until right, like two Not years, even divisions. Right. Like, like division championships. And, and, <laughs> until two years ago when the Caps and the Nats finally broke through. Mm-hmm. Look at D.C. and how long, yeah. they, and how long they waited. Like, you, you think the Wizards winning something? Nah. <laughs> like, seriously, man. Nah. Yeah. I, so, I, I love that balance. I, I do. I, I want the Penguins and Steelers always contending. I want the Pirates to give me a World Series at some point. I won't hold my breath on that one. I'm not holding my breath on WVU either. You know, Manchester United are top of the league, though, Motsi. All right. How are we doing? Uh, Don Juan says, uh, Wes, remember you heard it first on Monday on the Afternoon Delight. Steelers got to draft Najee Harris or Alex Leatherwood from Bama. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not against it, no. I'm not against it either. Either one of those guys. You, you like Najee over Trey Sermon? I do really like Trey Sermon, and I think he would be more available. I don't think Najee's going to be available. I don't either. That's my thing. I think Sermon's available. Yeah. But I was not. Travis Etienne's not going to no, be available. Heck no. he, he's gone. But what about Landon Dickerson, this the, my one only, who, the the offensive lineman from Bama who tore his knee up at the like back in the see, summer? This is what I was going to say. This is my I've only heard great things about between him and Sermon. My my issue is coming off of injuries. We saw Sermon get banged out the first what carry in the national championship game. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I'm a little battered when it comes to 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 injured running backs. I, I'm nervous. I I, I don't I don't want to deal with that again. <laughs> Am I wrong for that? No. I just, you know. You are not. When I saw him go with the shutter, though, nope, nope, nope. I don't want to deal with that. Nope. I didn't see it. I didn't see that. Um, Steeler Bomb uh, says, I'm sure you guys are keeping an eye on, you know, the almost done deal with the Jags and Urban Meyer. Wants to know our thoughts on that and if we think Dwayne Haskins will be joining him in Jacksonville. 
I personally don't. I know Urban Meyer recruited him, but because he didn't actually coach him, I don't think that it's the same type of relationship that he would have with, say, a Cordell Jones, Braxton Millers, JT Bears, guys that he actually got a chance to watch, develop, see how they learn. For Urban, this is a big opportunity, man. But it's also going to come with very, very high stakes because we haven't seen him have success at the NFL level, and it's drastically different, too. When you talk about just the recruiting collegially, it's a lot easier to get time at Ohio State and Florida versus now, oh, no, no, no. It, it, it's what's, what's your money looking like? What's your draft position looking like? So that that's going to yeah. change a lot. So for Urban, I, I don't think that he's willing to bet, you know, his legacy as an NFL coach on Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I. Plus, we know who his quarterback going to be. Yeah, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Now, I mean, maybe there's like a, a minimum type deal or something and they bring Dwayne Haskins in as just as as a jag, get it? Ah just a guy. Um, but yeah, the it's Urban Meyer, it starts with Trevor Lawrence and it goes from there. He's gonna need Trevor Lawrence to be everything he's mm-hmm. he's uh, as good been, as advertised. Been, as yes. good as advertised, yeah, everything he's been drummed up to be because they have a lot of issues there. And so if they don't get the quarterback figured out, a lot of those other problems are gonna fester. Mm-hmm. I think Urban Meyer's a great coach. Um, anytime I listen to him talk football, I always feel like I learn something new. Like I, I think he really is a brilliant football mind. But Mozi, it's it's going to be difficult. It always is. You saw it with Saban. Now a guy like Pete Carroll has been able to have a ton of success doing it. But we've seen Chip Kelly. A, a lot of these examples of guys who they go from being able to get 15, 20, whoever they want out of high school pretty much every year. They can handpick their guys to now they're drafting in a in a system where they have to wait in line and they can only take seven guys and that's drastically different. Urban Meyer when he was at Ohio State, 9 out of the 10 kids that he wanted in his signing classes he got every year. Without a doubt, easily, it was no debate, yeah. He ain't not going to get 9 out of the 10 guys that he wants every year in the NFL draft. That's just not happening. Night and day. It is a <laughs> night and day. Which difference. is a lot of the time why collegiate coaches struggle at the yeah. NFL level. You can recruit your your butt off, and Saban, that's fine. Chip Kelly. But recruiting only works at the collegiate level with NFL level. I don't care how much you're selling me this great plan. If the dollars don't equal mm-hmm. my worth, I'm not signing there. It's that simple. Right. And you know what? It works the other way, too. <laughs> Just because you had success at the pro level. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't mean you can get the right guys. Right. At Jim Harbaugh. Uh-huh. Because not everybody cares <laughs> about that whole, well, hey, man, we, we got great salary cap. We know how to get the right guys in here, mm-hmm. and I can coach you up after that. Mm-hmm. At the Cleveland level, it's, bro, you better tell me everything I want to hear. Talk nice to me. get me to the NFL. A- a- exactly. <laughs> get me paid. A- a- unless you got the Nick Saban, oh, here, take 100 national championship trophies, you know? Um, Thrash says, you know, if you guys are making trips, there's a bunch of watering holes in a in a small town in Virginia and hey in Morgantown. Now. Hey now, too far from. Oh yeah, Arthur Motes. I am six weeks away from thirty. Whew. I'm excited for you, man. You know what? I'll tell you this. I don't. If you would have said you know, when I was twenty, nineteen, mm-hmm. twenty-one, how you gonna feel at thirty? Whatever. I, I feel fine. I feel just like I did five years ago. I mean, I don't feel like I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I feel like I'm 18, 19, 20 anymore, but I don't, I don't, you know, 40 is the new 30, right? That's what they say. I mean, I heard age is nothing but a number. Age is nothing but a number. That's what I heard, at least. Motsi, that'll do it for the show today. Good stuff. Thanks to everybody who chimed in. Some good questions, some good points on the dot com. As always, let's do it again tomorrow. Uh, big thanks to our buddy Brian Backo for joining us as he's always kind enough to do on Thursdays as well. Tomorrow, 
We'll have more Steelers reaction to the to the news that that happened today. Uh, potentially, we could be hearing from uh, maybe Mr. Rooney, maybe Kevin Colbert. Who knows? Mike Tomlin in regards to these decisions for a press conference. We'll keep you posted on that as well too. And we'll look ahead to Super Divisional weekend. I mean, I don't know if that's what they're calling it, but that's what we're <laughs> calling it. It's going to be Super Divisional weekend, and then Super Championship weekend, and then Super Super Bowl weekend. How about that? Oh, the Super Super Bowl. How about that? I see what you did there. <laughs> So we'll talk to you in tomorrow, same time as always, high noon, and you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.